Man, was that fun. I love winning. Don't you like winning? I love winning. And when teams get together and they do stuff like that, we win. We win as a church. We win as human beings. Uh, it was, I don't know, you know, if you were here two or three weeks ago and we said we desperately need volunteers, uh, we had over 100 people in, in projects yesterday. And in fact, on Thursday, Don's like, uh, I, we got too many people. We don't have enough projects. So we found a couple more projects that actually God had kind of lined up months ago and we contacted them and they're like, yeah, that would be great. And so uh, every team worked all day long and I don't think there's a picture in there that somebody's not smiling. It was just fun, hard work. You, you, we were dog tired last night. I mean, dog tired, every, every group, uh, from big trees to yard projects to the window to to the auto mechanic crew over there, you know, um, getting a college student's pickup safe and running. Um, it was just a great day. Um, it's always a privilege to be a part of this, and I say it every year. And you, it's, it's always the last Saturday of September. Get on your phone right now and mark the last Saturday of September 2023 as Project One and guard that with your life and say, no, I'm going to be there for Project One this year. I don't care what sort of, you know, they, they call it FOMO, right? We don't want to commit to something because we have this fear of missing out on something else that might be better. Next to somebody coming to Christ, this is up there in the top five things you could do with your time on a Saturday in September. Mark it, join us next year. Uh, let's see what God is gonna do. So, uh, and, and again, thank you to everyone who participated and, and planned and, and, and gave, uh, again, an amazing thing to be a part of. Now I wanna start the message this morning with a little guessing game. So I'm gonna put a picture up here on the screen and you're gonna tell me what movie this picture is from, okay? This one right here. Anybody know, raise your hand if you know what movie this picture came out of. I see a hand in the balcony up there. The pirate movie. Close. Ah, Johnny Depp, no, pretty sure that's not him. Anybody know who that actually is? A very much younger. Anybody over here know what movie that's from? Probably not your age, but go ahead and guess. Nope, not The Princess Bride. Great movie, though. Love The Princess Bride. As you wish. Sorry, I've seen that movie way too many times. That's Robert De Niro. Yes, trust me, I looked at lots of pictures from the movie. I saw the movie when I was in college. Uh, it's called The Mission. If you've not seen it, uh, maybe watch it. It's excellent. He, he's, he's like a Catholic priest in a, in a jungle, and he's trying to lead these people to Christ, and, and it's, it's, it's this amazing struggle between the, the authorities above him and what really should be done, and, and he goes on this, this struggle with, with penance, etc. It's just really good. It's called The Mission. All right, uh, next slide. What movie is this from? You don't have to give me which number. Mission Impossible, very good. Are we recognizing a theme here? Um, now this one. First tell me who the two actors are. 
Right, Dan Aykroyd, Belushi, it's the Blues Brothers, and the Blues Brothers were known for a common phrase in the movie. What was that? We are on a mission from God. When I was in college, we had posters of, all throughout the University of Wyoming for InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. It was a picture of those guys, and it said, we are on a mission from God. Come join us. Come check us out. Come see what this mission is. So these two, they, they uh, and I'm, I'm not saying you should watch that movie. I'll just tell you about it. They were raised in an orphanage by, by nuns, and they return, and the foul-mouthed boys offend the nun. She's like, they're going to shut the more orphanage down. We need to raise $5,000. Of course, you know when this movie was produced, right? Back then, $5,000 was a lot of money. Um, and, and so they, they're like, well, we'll give you the $5,000. And she's like, I don't want your dirty money. You know, they got to earn it legitimately. And so they, they go off on this mission from God to, to legitimately uh, earn this $5,000 so that they can save, save the orphanage. And they're on this quest. And, and we, we are charged with that too. We are on a mission from God. He has given us the mission that we are on as a church, as individuals, together. And when we go on this mission together, we are better. We saw that yesterday. A great example of it. And, and as we are on this mission, uh, we do it together and we get better together. Life is not fun alone. I mean, there's times where I like to be alone. Not very many. I, I like draw energy from groups of people, um, from activity, uh, from, from, from helping other people. That stuff just uh, fires me up. Um, we, we, we get more strength as in a cord of three strands. I think I've heard that somewhere before, right? Um, Ecclesiastes, so, so much more can be accomplished in this life when we're together with others. Uh, more forgiveness as we confess our sins one to another. More peace as we share life with one another and we help carry the burdens and the loads that they're experiencing that maybe they just don't have the tank capacity to, to get it done, to stand in it. We can come alongside them and we can stand with them and help carry the burdens or even sometimes it's just good to be someone who walks alongside of someone, supporting them, encouraging them, praying for them and with them. So many things. I mean, I love to say, work smarter, not harder. Now, I, I'm not going to brag, but just maybe a little bit. I did more heavy lifting than anybody yesterday. <laughs> and I didn't even get credit for it, so I had to mention it myself. Um, I ran a, a crane yesterday and lifted a lot of stuff, from human beings to big, giant logs that we weren't sure it was actually going to lift, but it did. Um, what? Yes. <laughs> work smarter, not harder. That happens when we work together. It happens when we're unified over a common goal, a common mission, and we are on a mission from God. He has given us that mission, and we need to understand what that is. So what is the mission? 
It's outlined in Matthew chapter 28. Uh, It's going to be up here on the screen. Then Jesus came to them, the disciples, and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Uh, We've been going through the second chapter of Acts at the very end, and we're going to turn there in just a few moments. But in that second chapter of Acts, more people were surrendering their lives to Jesus. More people surrender their lives to Jesus when we are on the mission together. We're on a mission from God. No doubt about it. Jesus laid out our mission pretty clearly here in Matthew chapter 28. There's no doubt. First of all, Jesus says that we're to make disciples. We're to make disciples. What what does that mean? It means sharing the story of Jesus in my life with others and the Holy Spirit working in their life and them, them surrendering their life to Jesus Christ. It's miraculous things. It's supernatural things. It's to tell the old, old story. As that hymn proclaims, it, it is old. It's old because it's persevered. It's been challenged. It's been tested year after year after year. It is truth with a capital T. Jesus, born of a virgin. That's impossible, right? Wrong. With God, nothing is impossible. He can do whatever he wants, however he wants. And the way that he brought Jesus Christ to our planet was to have him born of a virgin. So that there would be no question that he wasn't fully God and fully man. And Jesus lived a perfect life, which look at the person next to you. We know it's impossible for that to happen. We can't live a perfect life. Jesus did. Could you imagine being his sibling? You could never blame him for anything. Because he was always perfect. And then what did this perfect Jesus do? He surrendered himself to death on a cross. He endured pain and agony and suffering for you and for me. And, and okay, yeah, people die for other people sometimes, even today, but they stay dead. Jesus didn't. He's alive today. Does that not blow your mind? It should. I love what Francis Chan challenges us with. Look, if this stuff doesn't just shake us to the core, we're not understanding it. We're not seeing that we are here today worshiping and learning about an all-powerful God who could squish us. But he didn't. He did what had the, he did the only thing that could be done that had to be done, the hardest thing. He came here, lived a life, sacrificed himself on your behalf and on mine. And he rose from the dead. He rose from the dead. And to become a disciple, we confess with our mouth 
that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead and Paul says we will be saved. Because of what Jesus did on our behalf, we can be saved and we can have eternal life. Isn't that a great message? Isn't that the best news to ever cross the planet? It's life-changing. That is our main message to people. That's our mission. A disciple is a committed follower. Committed followers of Jesus make disciples. And then Jesus said we're to baptize those disciples. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Jesus led as an example to us by being baptized by John the Baptist. It is a symbol of his own death and resurrection. Jesus didn't need to be baptized for the washing of his sins because he didn't have any. What a great illustration of us dying to sin and being raised to life in Christ. A symbol to all others. Baptism is is an important step of obedience. Proclaiming to all that we are a disciple of Christ. Make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus says, teach. We should teach. And And of course, that also assumes learning, right? In order for a teacher to teach, there has to be a student to learn. It's a two-way street. And we're all to do both on a daily basis, teaching and learning. God's word is full of lessons for us to learn. This is God's inspired, inerrant, perfect word. Everything in here is true. I don't care what anybody tries to tell you. There are some ugly statistics out there in the evangelical world concerning the Bible. Today, today, 56%, now, it's a survey, okay? It's, it's not divinely inspired. But according to this survey, 56% of evangelicals do not believe that this is inerrant and truly the word of God. How, how do you even live your life if it's just up to you and what you decide? We can't. We, th- this, this is truth. No matter what our mind and our heart wants to say, it doesn't matter if I disagree with it. Truth is truth. I can say there's no gravity, but I guarantee you 100% of the time I step off a building, I'm going to hit the ground. Right? No matter how hard I believe that gravity doesn't exist, it's truth. It's a fact. This truth. Fact. We need to learn. We need to, we need to teach it. We need to learn. From it. Um, it. It teaches us about our relationship with Jesus Christ, what that looks like, who he was, what he's done, what our response to him should be. We learn his commands, we obey them to understand how he would have us live and breathe and, and work among the people where we live. Uh, we learn and grow every time we meet together in Bible studies, uh, by ourselves in a quiet time, spending time with God. As iron sharpens iron, we rub and grow and get sharper. Sometimes that's painful, isn't it? It doesn't feel very good sometimes. The things we have learned about in this series grows us as disciples. Baptism, uh, remembering Jesus through the practice of communion, which we're going to do next week. Worship, what, what, what that looks like in our lives. Giving, giving and sacrificing from the things that God has blessed us with. Divine resources is how Brandon put it last week. A, a definition that comes from Warren Wearsby. 
giving and sacrificing from the things that God has blessed us with. Divine resources, time, money, love, and so on. And now today, our mission. Our mission as individuals and as a church family. Look up here at Psalm 19, 8, 9, and 10. The precepts of the Lord, the commands of God, the laws of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. No mistakes. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. Now, there's a major requirement for us to accomplish this mission, isn't there? There's a willingness on our part, and then there also has to be other people willing to listen. That's what's happening in the early church in Acts chapter 2. Turn there if you, if you haven't already. Acts chapter 2, and I want to begin reading this morning in verse 41, 41 through 47, Acts chapter 2. Those who accepted this message, and that's that Jesus Christ died, was, he was crucified and he rose again and he's alive today. That's their message. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves, all of the believers, the disciples, um, to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who, need, who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the, in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were, who were being saved. Lives were being transformed. People were taking notice at what? What were the people taking notice at? They were taking notice of the fact that the church was reaching out to its community. The church was unified. The church was growing. The church was at peace. This group of people who were disciples of Jesus Christ, man, they had something different. Miracles were happening. Miraculous things, supernatural things. You see... They were being noticed for many of the right reasons because they were living the mission every day. They were living the mission. They were, they were breaking bread together, meeting in the temple courts, selling their possessions. They were, they were providing for people that needed it. And if they noticed somebody had need and they couldn't provide that, then they figured out a way to provide that for them. I mean, we're pretty possessive about our possessions, aren't we? What if God told you to sell everything and move to Africa? What would you do? Well, I can tell you what you should do. You should sell everything and move to Africa. If God's telling you, you should do that thing. Ten out of ten, I recommend it. Yes, thank you. Because it's better to be in the center of God's will than it is to be safe or to have everything that the world tells us we should have. The stuff, this stuff 
that I'm, I'm talking about, selling their physicians, giving, praising God, worshiping, breaking bread, meeting in the courts. This stuff was more than just the things that they were doing. It was who they were. Their life had been, trans- they didn't get up. I don't think they got up in the morning and said, uh, this is something that I should do, so I'm going to do it today. They just did it. When you see somebody broke down on the side of the road, do you have an internal conversation with yourself? Oh man, I don't know, I got, I got this appointment, I'm not sure I have time to help, and what if, what if they need more than I can, can provide, and, and you justify that, and you go on, or do you just, you just flip a U-E, turn around, go back and say, hey, what, what's going on, do you need some help? I think these people were to the point where they just did, the, they didn't even think about them, because the transformation had become so great in their life, the joy in their life was so great that they, they, they wanted to help people. They wanted to serve people. They wanted to love people. And they did everything they could in order to do that. Those who accepted his message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who was in need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. They enjoyed the favor of all the people. People noticed that something outside the ordinary was happening here. This is what happens when Jesus' disciples, Christ followers, live their life with Jesus in relationship every day, all day long. As pastors and elders and leaders here at North Hills, we want to help you do just that. That it, we're, we're given that charge, we're given that job. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13, it says this, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. He gave them to the church to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. You see, it's not my job, Pastor Brandon's job, the elder's job, to do the ministry of, to do the work of the ministry. It's all our jobs. We're on the same team in this. We are all on the same mission. We're given that charge to be the coach, the assistant coach, those, the, the support staff to help you. Now, I don't believe that happens here. It's obvious that doesn't happen here, that we just expect the pastors to do all the work and we just come here and sit for an hour and 15 minutes and then, and then say the pastor only works an hour and 15 minutes a week. It's not like that here. I, I truly believe that, that, that you all have a good understanding of what it means to do the work of the ministry, what it means to be a disciple of Christ, what that means. But we can always get better in whatever we do. We need to grow. We just need to grow. We need to be a stronger team, a more unified team, because when adversity comes, we need to be ready for it. We need to be together on mission. And, and we are on a mission from God. They enjoyed the favor of the people. Now, we fail and we falter. And as we do, 
We lift each other up. We, we help each other back on our feet with forgiving grace and, and mercy of Jesus Christ, just like Jesus did with his disciples. They betrayed him. They hid from people. They, they didn't speak the message that Jesus wanted them to at a period of time. Jesus said he was returning, and when he was dead, they all were afraid for their lives, and they hid. Peter denied Christ three times. And what did Jesus do? He didn't smite him. He restored him. He said, Peter, do you love me? Three times. Peter said, I do. And Jesus gave him the name The Rock. And it was on him the church was built. We are living testimonies to what Jesus has done in our life. And look, we need to be honest and willing to tell that story to other people. It, you just do. We just do. Um, I think what we should start doing now, Dick, you and I talked about this a little bit, not this specific thing, but I, I think... I think I'm going to take a picture with my phone of everybody that's here today, and I'm going to write all your names on a, basque, in a, on a, a slip of paper, except for the, those of you who are visiting. You know, I, I will, I'll sort you out. I'll just put everybody else that's a regular attender in here, and I'm going to start drawing names out on a Sunday morning, and I'm going to hand you a microphone and say, share your story with us. Yeah, <laughs> I got a several do-its over here. So here's the thing, if you would be, well, all of, a lot of people would be super uncomfortable with that, okay, I get that, um, but that's no excuse, okay? Now, if, if, if you're not sure you would be willing to do it because you don't know what you would say, I'll give you three weeks to think about it. <laughs> I, isn't being a Christ follower, having, having eternal life in your, in, in your body, in your soul, knowing that you're going to go to heaven and that you're experiencing the joy and peace of eternal life right here, right now, because you've surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, isn't that good enough news to kind of figure out a way to tell somebody else? Right? Romans 12, 1, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Our neighbors observe our worship every day. Our neighbors observe our priorities and our language and our actions. When we tell a condemning story about our spouse, they notice. When we disparage a community leader, they notice how we live, the things that we say, the choices that we make, they all affect the mission. They all influence what message people see coming loud and clear from our lives because it doesn't matter what we say, it's what we do and how we act that speaks the loudest. All of those things influence our mission. When we serve and sacrifice for others, they notice. And, and we don't even have to toot, toot our own horn when given the opportunity. We just serve and we just love and the Spirit does the work. 
And when we get that opportunity to share our story, we have it in our head and we know kind of what we're going to say and we just talk about it. You know, if the name of Jesus doesn't feel comfortable rolling off your tongue in a conversation, you need to do it more. Right? I see lots of heads shaking in agreement with me, and the question that pops into my head is, are you just agreeing with me because I'm looking at you? (laughs) Or are you agreeing with me to the point that when you leave here this morning, it's going to change your life? and what you do, and what you say, and how you do it, and how you say it. I can't can't say it any differently. The relationship with Jesus Christ is the best. When we're honest with a business or a company, when they send you too many items or you forget to pay for something and you get to the car at Walmart, that's just a little thing, no big deal, right? No, it's a big deal. Somebody noticed, or somebody will notice you bringing it back, and they're going to go, what are you doing? What, why would you even do that? Right? Somebody gives you the wrong change. It's a gift, manna from heaven. No, it's somebody that doesn't know how to count change. (laughs) Or they saw a 20 instead of a 10 or whatever. It's in those moments when we're true to our life in Christ that speak volumes to other people. Ministry, uh, Brandon gave us this description. Uh, In fact, he put it at the beginning of the video. Ministry happens when divine resources meet human needs through loving channels to the glory of God. We are the loving channel. Divine resources. And I've been thinking about that statement since since Brandon mentioned it last Sunday. We're all given divine resources. Every one of us. And whenever we think of the word resource, we immediately, or we think of the the term giving, right? Or, or, uh, you know, that's what, what we talked about last week. We immediately jump to the offering plate, money. It is that, but it's not just that. There's so much more. We, we have so many more divine resources that, that God has given us. And God wants us to use those resources that he gives us to bless others, not squirrel them away in our own life for our, only, for our immediate family's benefit. We need to use them, live them out, and when we do, people will notice. A byproduct, and when we do that, a byproduct of that sacrifice is that we are too blessed in the process. I just, we say this every year, but at the end of the long day yesterday, it's just like, that just felt so good. You know, my knees, they don't feel so good. My shoulders are sore. I got a black fingernail on my hands. But just the the sense of satisfaction. But we have to remember, right? We have to remember our motto. It's not about us. It's not about me. I can't think that way. I've got to push that back and say, no, no, no. It's, it's about serving and loving other people because that's what Jesus did for me. 
And, and I want other people to know and experience the, the freedom and the hope and the truth and the joy and the peace that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if I'm hindering that with the way that I'm living, I need to figure out how to turn that ship around right now because it affects the mission. We're on a mission from God, on this mission from God together, and we get to share the divine resources that, that we've been given. And number three is our sharing of those divine resources. And divine resources are things that have been given to us by God. And do you have anything that has not been given to you by God? I say no. Everything we have. The very breath in our life is from God. The car you have, the house you have, the bank account you have, the food you have on your table, the friends you have, the good ones. Bad friends can be because of poor choices. Unless we have a few of those that we're praying for and we're just looking for an opportunity to help them see that Jesus loves them very much. We, all of you have skills and talents and special gifts and passions given to you by God. What are you good at and how can you use that to serve other people to the glory of God? So there's four ways that we share these divine resources and I'm gonna cover these really quickly. The first, the first one is formally. Um, we share these formally. Uh, becoming a career missionary, that's a formal thing. Uh, I mean, pray about that. Singles, married couples, families, listen to your heart, pray about it. Ask God if there's something that, that he would like you to do. Maybe it's a short-term mission to test the waters. Maybe, he's, maybe you have a passion for, maybe you have a passion for Africa. Maybe you have a passion for Turkey. Maybe you have a passion for North Africa. Maybe you have a passion for a people group. Well, where do they live? Well, let's go there. Support our current North Hills missionaries by joining our missions team. They're a little short-handed right now. We need two, three, four more folks who are passionate about missions and, and helping support missionaries who will come on board with them and, and help them make decisions on new missionaries that are coming on. And, and uh, they communicate to, with our missionaries, make sure that they're accomplishing the mission that we're supporting them to do and, and, and making sure that we're still supporting them in the, the way that they need. I would love to talk to you about that. A passion for missions. 22% of your giving on a Sunday morning goes directly to missions. They get a check from North Hills for 22% of every offering. And, and they, they, their, their mission is to split that up by thirds. A third, uh, a third of it, they, they hope to accomplish a mission here locally in our our community, kind of in our state. A third of it is national. They, they support uh, staff on college campuses and, and other activities. And then a third of that is international. And there's, there's some missionaries who have come off. They've retired. They've, they've gone home. Um, and there are other missionaries who we support. Half a dozen of our very own who grew up in this church. And they're now on the mission field. 
Other formal ways include church leadership, organizational leadership, ministry service and areas. But, but look, it's not just about doing a job. It's about living your life with Jesus Christ in and amongst the group in that organization. Awana, children, whatever it is, your love for Jesus comes out in how you serve others. We also serve informally. Sharing our love of Jesus with someone over a cup of coffee or during a lunch break on a construction crew or whatever that kind of looks like. Maybe you have a blog and you, you just, the spirit moves you and you just type something very clear. Hey, this is who I am. This is what I struggle with. And this is what I'm finding in my relationship with Jesus Christ. See where it goes. Some of that can be, you know, sitting next to somebody on an airplane you know, sometimes it's hard as an going to, to talk about that, but um, making a loving comment to someone in the line at Walmart or Home Depot or Burger King instead of some of the other things that cross your mind. Like, what's taking so long and why is this person so slow? And maybe an encouraging word to the cashier. Well, and sometimes that's your wife, right? <laughs> They're the ones scanning the groceries at Walmart. Be very kind. There's been times where I haven't been so kind. It's not good. It's not good because that affects the mission. Listen to the Holy Spirit during the day. Buy someone a meal. Um, man, Pastor Michael has these things all the time. Have him tell you some stories about people that he meets and visits with at Burger King, at, 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 in, in the waiting room of a hospital, and, and just divine appointments where he's looking. He's being very intentional. Which takes us to the second way that we can share our divine resources is intentionally. Get up in the morning and say, God, today's the day. I want to share my story with you, with someone. Bring them to me. And then look for that. Um, when is the last time you prayed and discussed with your wife or your spouse or your kids or your family or somebody that you're close to if you're single about specific actions that you can take to live for the kingdom of God well where you are? I mean, we, we do budgets and we do all kinds of things, right? So we can make sure we have enough money at the end of the, at the, end of the month. Why not make a plan of, of, of action as a family of how you can intentionally proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ in your life? Maybe it's giving financially 10% of your gross income to God, no matter what things look like. That's a decision that you have to make in faith, supporting the local church financially and other ministries that you have a passion for. That's intentional. Maybe it's to pray for a missionary. Maybe it's to pray for a people group. And who knows, maybe one day those children of yours are going to grow up and they're going to have a heart for that people group and God's going to say, yep, I've been working on you. You're the one that I want to send there to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to that family. And you put their picture on the refrigerator and on the mirror in the bathroom. Maybe you send those missionaries cards on special holidays and hey, we're praying for you. Begin to pray for a neighbor who isn't a Christ follower and look for ways that you can serve them. There's going to be lots of snow this winter. Shovel their walk. Right? Do, do something that 
that, you know, maybe you leave them guessing. I do that in my neighborhood. Like, I figure out the guy with the funny hats, he lives in the yellow house on the corner. So when I go by on the, my neighbor's four-wheeler, <laughs> see, he has divine resources too. He shares a lot of those with me. I don't really have an opportunity to share a lot with him, but it's a relationship that's strong. Or maybe just stop by and introduce yourself if you've never met them before. Be intentional. And then the last one is unintentionally. And this is the one that really hits me between the eyes because unintentionally every day we are living for better or for worse our Christian walk in front of other people. And we need to remember that by the things that we say, the language that we use, the attitude that we have on a daily basis, the stories we tell, are we gossiping? Can they trust us? Would they ever want to share something personal with us because we've told them about a lot of other people's personal stuff? Probably not. Are we throwing people who we love and, and, and should forgive under the bus? What do, what do our community actions look like? Are we loving our neighbors as ourselves or are we simply just living selfishly? All things to think about and pray about and, and surrender to, to the Lord. Have you had an aha moment in the last week concerning something in your life? Whether good or bad, repent of it. If it's good, share it with somebody. If it's bad, share it with somebody and how you took action to repent of that and, and seek the forgiveness of God. I mean, we all fall down, right? Trust me. I don't have to say the words Walmart and Pizza Hut. Oh, I've, I apologize to those of you who don't know those stories, but those are, those are stories that are not good that have happened to me. Times where I was selfish and self-centered and negatively impacted the mission of God. I'm growing, I'm getting better. You know, we make immoral decisions. Other people make decisions that, that accept that affect us, but God can restore. God can even use those negative situations for good when he restores us from them. So you see, we are on a mission from God and we live that mission every day. And may we continue and grow in being generous to those around us, generous with the many divine resources that God has given us, no matter how big or how small. Worship team, come up here for our last song. I'm kind of sort of joking about the three weeks thing. But, but I'm not really. Okay, I won't put all of your names in a hat. I promise. Scout's honor. Just some of you. <laughs> Look, if you would be willing to share your story, even if it's awkward and uncomfortable and you're scared spitless, but right now you're thinking God's just kind of saying, I think people need to hear your story, write that on your Connect card. Look, we'll coach you, we'll, we'll practice with you, we'll videotape you so you don't have to do it in front of all of the people. But when we heard Janet Moore's testimony a couple months ago and how God transformed her life, what did that do in your heart? Right? Yeah, God is still working. God is still doing things, supernatural things in people's lives. And, and he's done supernatural things in all of our lives. 
Maybe you listening or, or being in this room today is a supernatural thing and he's just now putting you on that journey. And one day you will tell the story of how when you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, he transformed you. Your attitude, your priorities, the things that you love and are passionate about. We are on a mission from God. And I say, go team. Go team.